This is Cashology by FMBO, a podcast devoted to the art and science of managing your money. It's like school, but your only homework is living your best financial life. Class is now in session. New Year's resolutions, we all make them to read more, exercise, get up earlier, or maybe even resolve to find a new job in the new year. Another popular resolution is to improve our finances. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how we can make a New Year's resolution that we'll love keeping and that will give us some financial advantages too. We're talking about charitable giving. Welcome, and thanks for listening to the Cashology Podcast, hosted by your guide on the path to financial savvy, me, Julie Wyans. Today, I'm joined by Michelle Smithberg, a wealth advisor for FMBO. She's actually been with FMBO for over 20 years. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you today, Julie. We are very excited to have you. And, you know, I really like to learn more about what a wealth advisor can do for our listeners. Yeah. Well, it's a role I really enjoy. And um, really, as a wealth advisor, my focus is to meet with clients and understand their situations the best I can to offer ideas and suggestions in helping them achieve their overall financial goals. It's really coordinating all aspects of a client's financial life. Excellent. Well, you sound like the perfect person to talk to about figuring out a charitable gifting plan for the new year. But before we dive into that topic, let's get some lingo language out of the way. Indeed, milady. Let us proceed, lest we delay the financial wisdom further. Verily, I say, investment products are not FDIC insured, not a deposit or any other obligation of the bank, not insured by any federal government agency, not guaranteed by the bank, may lose value. This podcast should not be copied or reproduced without permission. Information and statements within the podcast are subject to change without notice. The Cashology podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute investment advice or recommendations. First National Bank of Omaha does not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any information or statements within this podcast. When making decisions about your financial situation, consult a financial professional for advice. Podcasts are not regularly updated and information may become outdated. Deposit products are offered by First National Bank of Omaha, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Cashology Podcast, copyright 2021, First National Bank of Omaha. And now I bid thee victory on the field of finance, milady. Huzzah! So Michelle, how long, and there are definitely studies on this, so this is proven, how long do you think New Year's resolutions last? Well, they say it takes 21 days to form a new habit, and many of us trying to achieve a New Year's resolution do not make it that long. So I'm going to have to say less than three weeks. Yes, you are absolutely right. On average, we spend 10 days sticking to our New Year's resolution. I mean, few of us make it to February 1st with the resolutions that we made. Um, You know, But today we're going to talk about one New Year's resolution that hopefully we'll be able to keep and feel great about, and that's charitable gifting. So let's dive right into that topic. Great. If I'm someone that says, I want to make charitable gifting one of my top priorities for the new year, what makes this an easier resolution to keep than maybe other things like getting up earlier, exercising? That's a really good question. And I do think most resolutions are about reducing negative behaviors like you mentioned, eating too much, spending too much, binge watching television. But many times resolutions fail because they are too vague or too lofty of a goal. I think making small changes over a longer period of times will improve the outcome. It's also more challenging when you go about trying to eliminate a negative behavior. 
But when you focus your resolution on adding a positive behavior, such as community involvement, volunteering, or charitable giving, your success rate will be much higher. There's actually studies about the benefits of giving things away and that it activates the reward center in our brain and elicits a surge of dopamine and endorphins that give us a feeling of pleasure and happiness, even more so than if we had a night out with friends or bought a new purse or that round of golf. So I really think giving to others uh, through volunteering or gifting of money and resources can improve our overall life satisfaction, reduce stress, improve our overall health and general happiness. We do experience that here at FMBO as part of our mission to impact the communities we serve and are really supported and encouraged as employees to give of our time, talents and resources. And this can lead to improved overall employee morale and job satisfaction. While volunteering and charitable giving can help our overall well-being, there can also be some significant financial advantages too. Michelle, you've absolutely convinced me that I need to make a resolution to give more to charities. But the thing is, where do I start? How do I factor this into my budget? How do I find the right nonprofit to choose? Those are all good questions. And Julie, I have to commend you. You've had some great Cashology podcasts that I'd recommend our listeners check out on budgeting and financial planning. Because as you mentioned, it's important to understand how your charitable giving goals fit into your overall finances. However, getting started with charitable giving or general volunteering can be easy and it can start small. Really thinking about what causes are you passionate about? Think about those nonprofits or charities that align with your passions. Maybe it's from a personal experience or perhaps an organization that provided support to you or your family or friends. Those are really good places to start. And then I'd recommend take a little time to research the organization to really understand their mission and how you could get more involved with those organizations. And consider if it's something you want to do personally, or if it's something you want to get your family involved in. You can really start small, or if you want to consider a larger gift, that may be a good conversation you should have with a wealth management advisor who can help you figure out an overall strategy. Michelle, you had mentioned that you know volunteering or giving money to an organization, look into the opportunities that are available for an organization that you really love. Can you talk to us more about what other ways we can lean into charitable giving? Well, there there are several options that you can consider. And one, of course, you know, around giving financially to a charity is um, gifts of cash. And when I say cash, I always recommend you write a check or make sure you receive a receipt for your gift. You want to be sure you keep good records and then always give directly to the charity. So most charities make it very easy to consider a one-time gift or even consider a regular recurring gift. Um, and you also want to ensure that it's that you're working with a qualified charity organization, because if it's a qualified charitable organization, you may be entitled to a tax deduction against your income taxes if you itemize your deductions on your tax return. You are able to easily check online if an organization is qualified or not. There's a website called charitynavigator.org that can tell you if your donation may be tax deductible or not. Another option to consider that some may not think of if you have for a non-cash asset is to gift like appreciated stock or mutual funds you own that you have held for more than a year. Rather than selling the stock or mutual fund to give a cash gift, it may be advantageous to gift the stock directly to a charity. There are a few advantages to this option. You generally are eligible 
to receive a tax deduction in the amount of the full fair market value of that gift, and neither you or the charity would have to pay taxes on the gain of that asset. And because of this, you are able to give as much as 20% more to the charity than if you would actually sell a non-cash asset like a stock and have to pay tax on it to gift the cash. Another consideration for gifting is to make qualified distributions from a retirement account directly to a charitable organization. For example, if you have an IRA, a retirement account, and are at least 70 and a half, you can contribute up to 100000 per year directly from an IRA to an eligible charity without paying income tax on that transaction. And if you're 72 or over and have uh, what is called required minimum distributions you must take from your IRA, those are another option you can consider donating directly to a charity to save on taxes. That is excellent, Michelle. So it sounds like similar to a diet, there are a lot of different avenues you can go down to approach your goal with financial savvy and charitable giving. Uh, Excellent. I really like the point that you make to consult with an accountant or with a financial advisor before making any of these types of gifting options, such as going into your retirement fund if you're over the age of 70 and a half or um, utilizing any of those specialized types of, of gifting. Uh, really excellent. So what other uh, items or things we should know about charitable gifting that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, there are uh, some other options that you can consider if you're in a position to consider a larger gift. And one of those is called a donor advice fund. And those are set up for charitable purposes, but they're similar to investment accounts. And the big advantage um, you receive by establishing a donor advised fund is you may receive an immediate tax deduction. And it really allows you to give a larger gift um, in a given tax year, but provides the ability to really manage your overall gifting strategy over time. So if this is something you want to consider, that's another um, avenue to consult your wealth advisor and professional advisors like your accountant to consider. But donor advice funds are typically used for those larger gifts. If you have an event, such as selling a business, a large bonus or higher income year that you are anticipating, or some type of financial windfall, then you may want to consider a donor advice fund that would allow you to set aside funds you'd like to give away over time, but you aren't ready to make those decisions on what charity or charities you would like to support, but you'd like to take the tax advantage um, in a given year. Amazing, Michelle. I feel like you definitely helped us build a roadmap to figure out our resolutions and stick to them longer than 10 days. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for being our guest, Michelle. And I hope that our listeners have taken it to heart that when picking a New Year's resolution, there are definitely options to make something that's close to your heart and easy to stick to. Yes, I agree. Everyone's financial situations and goals are different and unique to them. And it's important to understand your overall financial picture, goals, and legacy, and working closely with professional advisor team to help incorporate the right gifting strategy for you makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Michelle. Yes. Great visiting with you, Julie. Bye-bye. To find out more about financial advisors, go to fmbo.com. Thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and keep an eye out for more Cashology episodes coming your way soon.